Okay, let's get into it. Okay, before we start with the episode, I did the research you requested of me. And I don't even remember the question <laughs> I asked. Of course. Uh, you asked me if they knew, like, when it was picked up for season oh, two. okay, yes. And the answer is, they found out they were renewed right after the potluck episode, the one that we recorded with Virginia, so... So that was a good, I, was, I feel like that's a good time when they're like, all right, we're, we're cooking. So by this point, they definitely knew that they were getting a second season. I'm okay. And uh, with that said, we are covering Orphan Black episode 108, Entangled Bank. It was directed by Ken Girardi, who did a lot of episodes of the show Vikings. Did you ever watch that show? No. no. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe you got a hankering one day. Maybe one day. Uh, I haven't watched it either. Um, I tried to actually kind of recently, and I started the first episode, and then I, was, I fell asleep or something. Maybe I'll try again. It was written by Karen Walton, who wrote 104. That was our, our first female writer for the show. It aired May 18th, 2013, um, and the movie, the top movie at the time was Star Trek Into Darkness. And then we have a new song as the number one. Are you ready? Yeah. I put one away. Surprise. Hey, hey, hey. Come on now, let's go. Yeah. Let's go. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Return to the Mac. Get him what it is, what it is. This was his time. This, this was because really he, he did Thrift Shop and then Can't Hold Us came out. Actually, I like Can't Hold Us unironically. I think that song is good. And then he has that other one where he's like, it's cool if you're gay. That song is embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Damn right I believe it. That's what he Even says. If I try. Um, but he, I think he was recently, like recently in our time in the press for like being like really woke about Palestine. So oh, nice. Malcolm Moore can have his, uh, <laughs> his crumbs. <laughs> um, okay. So the episode starts, it's the immediate aftermath of them discovering Sarah's mugshot. We're with Art and DeAngelis and then post-coital with Sarah and Paul. Gross. <laughs> Hey, sex out, Felix. I would be pissed if I was him. I oh, he is pissed. He comes yeah. in, he's pissed. And then um, he, they get a call from Allison, who's um, mid uh, nervous breakdown after her torture of Donnie. Felix, Sarah's gonna have to hold up here for a while. You too? Impinging on my creativity? Shagging in my bed? Alison. Oh, brilliant. Invite her too, then maybe we can all cuddle up with Weight Watchers and Grey's Anatomy. I hated it that Paul was like, Felix, um, <laughs> like, fuck off. <laughs> Y'all don't know each other. Yeah, no. I hated him being in that apartment at all. Yeah, like, this is not your space. Not belong there. And he was acting way too comfortable. But I wanted to, like, because we, before we were, like, in the last episode, we were talking about, like, what's in it for Sarah with Paul? And I think it's about, like, escape for her. Like, when he starts talking about, like, all the issues, she's like, please stop. Like, mm-hmm. and she's like, for one minute I forgot I was a clone. Um, then Allison calls Sarah. Tima filled me in already, and I'm taking a break from you, too. I need to get my house together. Uh, isn't that what marriage counseling was for? Donnie and I are getting a divorce. What? Oh, I'm fine. It's my decision. Everything is under control. Okay, now I'm worried. Well, don't be. I can take care of myself, and I don't need you 
helping me clear my deck of flyers and spies. Alison, you don't know who your monitor is, okay? Don't fixate. I think it's funny. Yeah, <laughs> she's taking a break from her clothes. <laughs> Can't blame her, though. I think I was really relating to Allison in this moment because I'm just very like, okay, let's just let's just shut it away, put it away, let's just divorce him, so I don't have to fix anything. Yeah, so she, yeah, I like when Terry's like, don't fixate, and then we it cuts to Ainsley who's literally trying to like read Allison's mail up to the light. I have to say this made me less suspicious of her as a clone though, because I I just like I think she's like a nosy house. Yeah, yeah, it's like a normal nosy house sitter. When you when you house it, do you like go through people's stuff? and like look around i look over i don't like dig but it's like the yeah. male was right there so i don't know if <laughs> i would have lifted it up to the, the sun but yeah. i'm just like wait, she's just one step nosier than me <laughs> yeah she is nosy for sure um then the next scene is at siobhan's house kara is drawing a mermaid i i paid attention to what she was drawing yeah, this time it was really good too yeah little artiste i put is this significant but i don't think it is <laughs> Um, they tell Siobhan that Sarah was shot. We get, like, a little bit of timeline clarification. So, Katya was killed on November 25th, which means it's December 16th in the show. Um, I think they probably said that because it, there was so much snow in Canada. <laughs> they, couldn't get, they couldn't just pretend it wasn't winter anymore. Um, and then Siobhan's wondering, like, could Sarah have a sister? Uh, Kasima... And Sarah are still not getting along super well this episode. Neolution is bullshit, Kasima. No, it isn't, Sarah. It's, it's, a, it's an applied philosophy with profound implications for what I do. So you'd go around blackbagging your subjects? That was mistaken identity, okay? Olivier thought you were the killer, Sarah. Yeah. Well, your good friend Dr. Leakey's on his way. Can I expect the same from him? Okay, you know what? You were the one who turned our killer against our creators. I mean, why the hell would you bring Helena into the mix? Oh, Ivory Tower. This all happened because you got the science wrong. I like that Felix is sticking out for his sister. Yeah, the tension was crazy. It felt almost out of nowhere. Even yeah. though I know that they were fighting last episode, like I said, it was much more sisterly. Yeah. But now it definitely seems like a bigger wedge is coming between them. Yeah, it's pretty ramped up. I think, like... Kasima's just like digmatized, like we said. What's the female version of digmatized? Is that? <laughs> I've never heard digmatized before. Really? So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I could teach you a new term. Um, this quote from the show. So when I was doing all my research, I went back and read a bunch of AV Club recaps. And this one, it was a funny line from Caroline Frampy who said, "Kasima has a pretty." Plum gig telecommuting from Minnesota with the internet and weed while everything in Toronto falls spectacularly into pieces. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> like, because like, he was dealing with like the least of the stuff and it has a real attitude problem. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's like she's trying to make herself, I feel like she's trying to make herself more important, I guess. She's just like really trying to insert herself in the narrative. And, and she plays a big role with having the science background. Yeah. It's like, I think she's getting a little caught up. Yeah, that. she's reading her own press. They said that she drank the purple Kool-Aid. Yes, I wrote that down. <laughs> and then, then this is Sarah's take. It's every freak for herself. Divorces do really strange things to normal, Sarah. They lose their fake happiness, they forget the way to the mall, and then they come downtown to find themselves. I would literally just listen to Felix. <laughs> he should have a podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and then also, just rewinding a little bit, yeah. just like, I've... This episode really made me like Siobhan and mm-hmm. 
getting to see her reaction. She sees the police outside. She's like, Kira, go away. And then she's like, who's asking? Who wants to know? Like, she's immediately hostile towards them. So uh, I just really started to like her character. I thought, I think we got to see more of her personality outside of mean mm-hmm. foster mother who, like, stole, quote-unquote, Kira. Yeah, so. totally. She definitely gets more dimension this episode. And like you said, she said A-cap. A-cap. <laughs> yeah, I think, and it's that's an important piece for later when she tells Kira, like, not to answer the door unless uh, they are expecting company. Uh, little Fortune. creepy Kira, don't listen. Um, then it's back with uh, Allison and Ainsley. They are... Uh, <laughs> Facing off. Do they know? Did you tell them? We're just full of questions, aren't you? Well, of course I am. I care about you. I knew you were unhappy, but... How did you know? By asking questions. Always asking, asking. Everything you know, you pried right out of me. I think Allison has so much cognitive dissonance going on in this episode because it's like... She says she's wanting to step away from the clones, and yet she's actively aggravating her potential monitor monitor it's like girl what do you really want and i think she's just confused and overwhelmed and she's acting out but it's just like it's it's funny because she's like in one part of her life she's like all right divorce put that away and this (laughs) other part she's like okay face it head on yeah she's very (laughs) aggressive with her she like demands her keys back which i thought was really funny yeah you're yeah the cognitive dissonance thing is real like yeah, and it, but it's funny too because like it calls back to episode six where she's like, "Stop asking me some goddamn questions." <laughs> Allison just wants to be left alone. Okay, people like need to in her craft room. <laughs> Seriously, um, uh, apparently Paul brought Olivia to the doctor after Helena cut his tail off. I don't know why he did that. Like yeah. she should have just left him to die. <laughs> yeah, and under the this is my bro. This is my brother. Oh yeah, I think he just said that too. I know, but to I be... just think it's funny. <laughs> um, so. We, Olivia is out of commission for a few days to a week at this point. Then we go back to Minnesota. Delphine is in the car. Or she's getting into the car with Leaky. I don't really understand their vibe. Like, but, well, the reason why I asked you in the last episode if you thought her boyfriend story was fake is, like, because she's obviously involved with Leaky, but is it, like, just a function of her job? Like, or you think she had another boyfriend that she left behind or... When I was saying yes, I thought that it just something that has happened in her life. Oh, yeah, just like. Um, not necessarily like fresh, like just happened, yeah. but like something that she's pulling off of. But yeah, I don't understand what's going on with Leaky, and this made me question it even more because she looks like she goes almost limp when he starts being affectionate towards her. So it's just like, are you into this? Or like, what's the vibe? I don't know. I don't think she knows. Um, but he's he's on her case about getting closer to Gasima. She she made a pass at me, Aldous. Really? Tuffy. Gasima's safety is at stake. Other subjects too. I need to know which ones she's in contact with. But she I clipped this out because I guess this is, like, more explanation of their, like, scientific methods. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess if, like, the clone reveals themselves to you. But, like, I don't know. Like, what does she mean? Like, disclosure about what? Like, what she knows or? Yeah. That's yeah. what I think. But. 
Well, yeah, or just disclosure in general about knowing about knowing that she's a clone. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, she can't walk up to her and be like, what other clones do you know? <laughs> you know any clones? <laughs> Got any clones? Uh, the next scene is Helena, who's in her weird hovel, eating bonbons, fixating on pictures of Kira. That, I guess she took Sarah's jacket. Oh, because they, they, switched. they switched places, yeah. And so then she found, like, a letter from Kira, and it's awesome that, like, Sarah, didn't you notice that your, like, prized letter from Kira and your picture are not with you anymore? Uh, I would be upset about that if I were her. Um, Then we cut to Sarah and Felix, who are, like, holed up in in Felix's loft, trying to keep a low profile. Hi, can you not, please? I'm not going to hold up with you if you can't sit still. Does it smell? Yeah, it smells like a foot. Only worse because it's yours. I just love the way he's, he delivered that line. He's so funny. And also, like, it really highlights from the scene before, like, Helena's loneliness because you get this, like, closeness and camaraderie with uh, Felix mm-hmm. and Sarah. Meanwhile, <laughs> Helena's all by herself yes. like, reading Kira's letter. Once again, just, like, searching for connection. Wait, I have to go back. You said she was eating bonbons? Yeah. I thought she was eating, like, it looked like she was eating, like, straight-up sugar packets or something. Oh, I thought she was eating candy. I mean, like, I just meant, like, candies. Oh, I was, okay. I was just being, <laughs> being cutesy. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I was just waiting. I, was, I didn't know what it was, and I thought you would know. So I, was, like, uh, I think waiting. it was just, like, some little candies. Oh, that okay. she More, like, just her acting like a child. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, in the same research I was reading, I read, like, an interview from the showrunners, that they gave, like, after season one, and they said that when they were casting Felix and Sarah, they auditioned, like, a bunch of different, like, combos, and that their chemistry was the best, and, mm-hmm. like, that's why they got cast. So it's interesting that was, like, such a fundamental part of the show, like, even in the casting process. I guess it, it is, like, the most important relationship, because all the other things, relationships are just her and herself. Yeah, right. And you also really get to see her let her guard down. Mm-hmm. Um because oh. it's like with everybody else, she even with Kira, you know, she has to have a certain level of yeah appearance to keep up. I also just wanted to say that I love Felix's orange sweater in this episode. He was silent and <laughs> profiling. <laughs> he looks so good. Um, uh, then their Mrs. S interrupts their 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 uh, sibling moment to bust in because the police have just been at her house. She's like, "Oh, you're not dead." <laughs> Two homicide detectives on my doorstep this morning, quite convinced they'd found your body in a gravel quarry. Who wants mimosas? Sit down and shut your gob. I was tempted to claim the remains and feed them to you both on toast. Would you care to enlighten me? <laughs> this is also a cute look into what it was like when they were growing up. And it's like, uh, they so quickly fall into this, you know, yeah. like Felix is trying to be the mediator. Sarah's in trouble. Siobhan's a disciplinary. Yeah. Um, Anybody want mimosas? <laughs> <laughs> and I also really, once again, appreciated Siobhan because Sarah's like, I don't want to lie to you, so I can't tell you again. She's like, okay. Yeah. Like, she respects that. Yeah, I think she sees that Sarah's, like, experiencing growth and is, like, trying to do her best to, like, make things safe and, like, protect Kira and try not to run away again. We get this line from them, too. Whatever is going on, if it takes one step towards Kira, you need to yell fire. The home we've built for ourselves in this country, we burn it all down if we have to. 
That's a promise. I like that both of them are me. <laughs> so they're like, okay, we're out of here. Like, whatever. But it's it's cool, too, that Siobhan is, like, willing to do it. Like, it seems like they're operating more as a team as as opposed to being, like, adversarial like they were before. Yes. Um, the next scene is more Art and D'Angelo's. They're like, oh, Sarah couldn't have been shot because she, parentheses, Beth was already dead. But this plot just, like, doesn't work because, like, the audience already knows all this stuff. And it was more exciting the first time that we watched it. Mm-hmm. So it just, like, takes that valuable runtime. I'm like, okay, we can, like, skip all of this where they're figuring it out until it comes back. I don't know. I feel like it's unnecessary. Mm-hmm. And disclaimer, audience, I had to call Ashley to get some clarification because I was just so confused. But it's because <laughs> the cops were confused and they were confusing me. So further yeah. emphasizing the point that this, I feel like this, cop plot line is getting really sticky and not worth it anymore yeah their theory is that beth was a triplet separated at birth um and then sarah shows up d'angelo is acting like as the bad cop trying to interrogate her but then it ends up that the whole interrogation was a setup so they could get her fingerprints which i feel like sarah should have realized that yeah she's smart enough to i guess she was maybe just thrown off guard yeah i don't know I'm like, you did all this conning, and this is the one time you can't think on your feet? Like, oh, I shouldn't touch anything in here? Like, Mm -hmm. drink any... But, well, yeah, because it's after. Now she knows. Hmm. Well, actually, I don't know. Maybe I I can't fault her, because, like, the fingerprint thing is different than, like, the DNA evidence. But, like, do the quotes have different fingerprints? Or are they just all match? No, all the fingerprints are the same, is what they're saying. Hmm. So, I mean, I guess they'll just realize that Beth has... I guess it doesn't necessarily implicate her if she has the same fingerprints. Well, we know that she has the same fingerprints. But, I mean, like, for them. To, but like, they Why are they bothering? Because well, yeah. they're, they're just trying to prove that Beth is involved. But when we go to the morgue later, DeAngelis is yeah. like, the fingerprints are Sarah Man- Manning's and someone else completely different. And she's meeting Beth when she says that. Okay. But she doesn't want to tell Colin. Oh, Colin I see. Guy. I see. It, so it they was do Colin. find out. Yeah. Um, but I think the they're just trying to see if Beth is lying. Oh yeah, they're She's just trying to catch her. I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. I mean, but even if they find her fingerprints, that doesn't prove that she knew about yeah. the other things. Mm-hmm. That's what, once again. The, also, the, it's getting really messy. Do you think cops. that don't they fingerprint cops like when they get hired? I guess it doesn't. None of this matters. <laughs> this plot is uh, not important. Um, let's skip ahead. It's Alice and the Skate Break. <laughs> uh, I, it's crazy that Ainsley just like shows up there to take over from Alice. Like when she was saying like I'll cover for you, I thought it was something that she like had experience doing. But then you like learn from Chad that she has never even like done skating before or anything like that. Okay, is it just me or do we kind of like Chad now? That scene. Okay, we'll get we'll get to that. I was like, I mean, I don't know if we like him, but I did think that that was pretty spicy. Um, actually, that might be like my next note. Oh no, the next thing is um, Paul. He's in like all black mercenary mode, like trying to get the jump on Olivier, who apparently is really named Kevin and has a bunch of outstanding unsavory sex warrants. <sighs> I. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to only refer to him as Kevin for the rest of the series. And now it's like, now I just have to refer to him as dead. Oh, yeah. R.I.P. Yeah, well, it's funny because, like, he dies. But as soon as Leaky is like, you just focus on resting, you know he's 
gone for. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But Paul does come up with, like, an elaborate cover story for Leaky to, like, get himself in the good graces, basically saying there was only one clone there, it was Helena, blah, blah, blah. Um, Still protecting Sarah. So then Allison and Chad are in the car getting totally baked. (laughs) Just like Kasima and uh, Delphine wanted to do. Um, Hot boxing in the minivan. (laughs) But I like the strategy of opening up the window. Uh, or the sunroof. I was like, that's smart. If I had a sunroof, I would do that. Allison sees it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I guess she smoked weed in high school or college. This is, the, I clipped out their sexy business. <laughs> I bet you could bench press me. Easy. <clears throat> bet you could bounce me like a ball. <laughs> okay. Maybe you bet too much. Hmm. Maybe you haven't had enough. What are we doing here? I'm objectifying you. Sexually. To get back at Donnie. I should really have a problem with this. But you don't. I was, at first I was like, this is funny. And then like, as I went on, I was like, this is kind of hot, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a nice, dirty talk. And what, just, Allison's a go-getter. Well, yeah, but I wanted to ask you, like, I feel like she, I mean, I guess it's just a different side of her, but I feel like she's acting, like, totally different. Like, the way she's, like, talking with Chad. And I guess it's because she's decided, like, all right, I'm going to, like, blow up my life or whatever. But even, like, her, like, intonation, like, the way she's speaking, I feel Mm -hmm. like is different than how she usually talks. Maybe that's just how she is. Yeah, maybe. On, on the weed. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like, maybe what the actress was trying to do was show that she was high. Yeah. Um, then we jump straight to Delphine and Kasima, who are also getting it in. Uh, Delphine claims to be straight at the beginning of their conversation, but then Kasima's like, it's okay, like, we'll just make crazy science together. And then it lasts, like, ten seconds before they're <laughs> getting busy. <laughs> Stop thinking about that kiss. Uh, like in a not bad way? Oh, like, I have never thought about bisexuality. I mean, for myself, you know, but as a scientist, I know that sexuality is a, is a, is a spectrum. But, you know, social biases, they, they codify attraction. It's contrary to the biological facts, you know? That's oddly romantic. <laughs> <laughs> and then they both. And then they bone. <laughs> and that I wrote. This is probably my favorite Casima line so far. Oddly romantic, and then she says totally encouraging, and then she just goes for it. I'm like, okay, Casima, yeah, get a girl. Well, and it's a good like way of sneaking some like scientific discussion into like a romantic scene, mm-hmm. which is appropriate for their dynamic. At the time, I was thinking sense. I was like, everybody's getting it in this episode. Hopefully, Felix does too. But he did not. I was sad. Um, and then we come back to Allison and Chad. They're, like, literally rocking the car in the middle of the daylight, like, parking lot. Bad sports dirty talk. That, that was when I was like, okay, this isn't, you're, this isn't hot. You're my coach. It was what? hot from before, but <laughs> that was it. And then, like, the most iconic scene ever of her driving home from her, her tryst. Tomorrow I will change, and today won't mean a thing. I'm a bitch, I'm a lover, I'm a child. I do not feel ashamed. I'm your hell. I'm your dream. I'm nothing in between. You know you wouldn't want it any other way. 
We've all been there. <laughs> I love that they dropped out the audio so you can hear that she is not actually sounding good because that is so <laughs> real. Like, if you're in the car, like, you're like, oh, yeah, like, I'm killing this. <laughs> and then, like, or you hear yourself and you're like, mm, maybe not. Really I love that scene. And then she <laughs> she and, uh, and Ainsley get into it. Everyone knows you screwed my husband! Well, maybe if you pay more attention to him and less to me. Get out of the car, Allison! You have no idea who you're dealing with. No, I know exactly who you are. You're a, a sleazy watcher spy. A sleazy? That's rich coming from a backstabbing psycho slat like you. Slat! <laughs> 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 Would you throw down in the middle of your... Subdivision? <laughs> to spice to... things up, I sure would. <laughs> uh, then we uh, harsh cut to the morgue where Art sees best body. Uh, I feel like he has, like, he experiences some emotions there. Um, it is Colin, so he calls ahead and gives Felix the morning. And then, like, the next scene is back at Felix's loft. They're, like, panicking. And then Helena grabs, or Sarah grabs Helena's coat. Which, what did Felix say it smelled like? Low, low tide. tide. <laughs> I have to point out, I thought Felix was so cute because Colin calls him, like, freaking out for Felix. And Felix is like, go take a hot bath, honey. Like, you go calm down. <laughs> yeah, I like that Colin is in on it. <laughs> He's got to deal with this shit. And then Allison, like, in the middle of their departure, Allison shows up to Felix's apartment and is like, Felix, let me in. <laughs> It reminded me of um, when I was when I was young, like for my good friend Caroline's sixteenth birthday. Her parents got us a hotel room in the French Quarter for some reason. Of course, we got like obliterated. We like stole all of our like siblings' alcohol or whatever. We could like siphon from our parents' house. But my friend Jade, whose birthday or no, it was Caroline's birthday, but Jade Jade got like completely wasted and like got into the shower with all of her clothes on, and we were in the other room, and then all, all of a sudden we hear. Caroline had to like go get her out of the shower that was like I was younger than them so I think I was like 14 that was like my first time like actually being drunk and I ended up puking all night we didn't have anything to eat in that hotel room besides birthday cake and I had to call my mom and my sister at like 6 a.m to come get me and but I didn't get in trouble they just like made fun of me all day they were like all right Ashley like a night on the town but it was a that's a New Orleans story for real (laughs) Um, so Allison and Sarah take off, they're bonding, Sarah's impressed with Allison, she tells me that she underestimated her, and they'd make the decision to come out as clones, um, whereby, and then it goes back to Helena, who's still fixating on Kira with her, still by herself, she hasn't moved from her spot, um, Paul replaced the security footage at Club New Illusion to go with his cover story. And, oh, this part, I was like, no way. Kasima, like, after they they have sex, she, like, goes out to get ice cream for her. But she puts her coat on over her underwear in Minnesota in December. <laughs> I was like, there's no way. She would freeze to death. Um, and then Delphine is rifling through all of her stuff. Literally before the door even <laughs> locks. <laughs> she was going in. Um, and she, like, finds out that Kasima's, like, in, like, way deeper than she ever knew her she said merde which is shit in french 
after all that. I said, Kasima really did that research. <laughs> and then Leaky is trying to recruit Paul further into the, the thing. Um, and then we see Delphine, she gives up the whole ghost to Leaky. She's like, promise me she's safe. And once again, as if, like, you better, you know that she's not actually going to be safe. But she, the one thing that she doesn't reveal, though, is about Kira. So at least she has some mm-hmm. kind of a sense of self-preservation, or whatever, not self-preservation, but preservation, or like, what's it called when you're disc- oh, discretion, that's what I'm supposed <laughs> to say. Um, yeah, I was just like, girl, you just slept with her so you could snoop into her house, and now you're like, are you sure she's safe? Like, you're fake. <laughs> you're a fake-ass bitch. <laughs> uh... Um, then we get Sarah and Allison at Siobhan, so it's, like, the clone reveal to Siobhan. I love this scene because, like, instead of Siobhan being pissed off, she's just delighted, kind of. (laughs) And I've also put that, like, recapping runs in the family. Um, and then I got married. (laughs) And everything is shit. (laughs) She came to see Kira once in your place, didn't she? I knew something was up. Yeah, sorry, the crazy one, Helena, was after me. Okay, so Helena, Alison, Cosima, Beth is the the policewoman. Yeah, who topped herself, yeah. You? No, there's probably thousands of us. Good job, Siobhan. <laughs> Learn those names real quick. <laughs> she's, a, she's with Isla, and then, like, she, when Alison gets too drunk, and she's like, all right, chicken. <laughs> I, that was cute. I love chicken as a term of endearment. I'm going to start calling people that. Then uh, Art shows up to Felix's place to interrogate him uh, and is, like, looking through all of his art of the different clones. But I was like, good save from Felix. And I love that he calls it Twisted Sister, <laughs> the many sides of Sarah. Um, they're, like, on to him, but they decide to let him go because Art remembers that he went there before when he was following Beth. Uh, then, well, Olivia gets killed, like we said. Um, then we get, like, more exposition about Sarah's background from Siobhan. Well, uh, Alison, Cosima, Beth, their mothers all wanted babies enough to do in vitro. So why did mine give me up? There were rumors. <sighs> yeah? That some of the kids we were hiding, the ones that came in Carlton's pipeline, like you, children in the black. What do you mean exactly, in the black? You know, undocumented, outside the system. Rumor was these kids were the subjects of medical experiments. Another title drop, in the black. This, I, I wrote down, this is like a super cool shot, but it's also creepy here at Corner. When they like, it's almost like it's a dollhouse, the way they like have the camera like pan over mm-hmm. to the stairs. And they remind me of Hereditary, actually. Have you seen Hereditary? Yeah. Well, you know, the whole thing is dollhouses One of there. Favorite. Look, see, you have seen something. Yay! <laughs> I need to like rewatch because I only saw that movie in theaters and I'm sure there's like a lot of stuff that I didn't appreciate. But I remember like after like watching like how they made it, like how like the camera moves like as if it's through a dollhouse and like the whole thing is dollhouses. Uh, oh, and then we also get, we learn that all the other clones are through IVF. Yeah, so. that's another reason why I clipped this. But yeah, so that's important, too, because we, like, Sarah, yeah, like, Sarah's mom, or whoever, gave her up for adoption, and we don't know why, and then that's what the medical experiment reveal. Um, 
And, like, Kira's really listening. Well, she's listening to their conversation, but also, I guess, she's, like, sensed with her scary child powers that Helena is nearby. <laughs> um, then the... I, I was like, Kira about to get snatched by <laughs> Helena. Uh, so then she goes with Helena, and then Sarah realizes, like, the door's wide open. And then they have this scene, like, of Kira and... Well, obviously, Sarah freaks out and goes after her, but then... Of Kira being more like psychic and weird. Helena. Yes, Angel. What happened to you? I don't know. Damn, bitch! What happened to you? <laughs> A real bold question. <laughs> I know. Well, it's, but it's and then they have like a sweet hug. But I, that shot is also cool because even though they're in like a dark alley, it's super brightly lit, and I think it's once again like using this like light as a metaphor to like show the connection between Sarah and Helena, and now Helena and Kira. Um, and then the episode ends with Kira getting hit by a car. <sighs> I saw it com- as soon as she was like, "Mom," because I. Anytime there's a car scene in a show and anytime anybody's crossing a street, I'm worried there's going to be a car accident. <laughs> Ever since Mean Girls. Ever since Mean Girls. So, uh, I was unfortunately prepared, but I was not prepared for it to literally end right there. I was like ready to pop in the next DVD and watch the next episode, but I had to show restraint. Now you'll get to enjoy it as a tasty treat. Um, this is my favorite episode so far. I, like, when I first watched it, I think I liked episode six more with all the, like, potluck shenanigans, but I really liked this episode. I just forgot, like, I mean, I love the scene with Allison singing bitch in the car, and, like, <laughs> literally all of her, sh- like, anytime they give, like, Allison a chance to, like, do some crazy stuff, I feel like the show, like, works really well. I agree. They had to make up for keeping her out of the last episode, so she <laughs> exactly. came back in full force. Totally. Yeah, I really enjoyed this episode, too, and I liked way less exposition, but more drastic exposition, which uh, yeah. I think is good as we're nearing the end of this season. Yeah, and like you said earlier, you related to Allison the most. I, I put that, too, as my which clone do you re- relate the most to. Oh, and I wanted to read that like so- segment from... Oh, or on the origin of species, because I thought it was such a beautiful yeah. little passage. Um, one moment. I'll pull it up. So the title from this episode comes from the closing paragraphs of Darwin's The Origin, On the Origin of Species. Uh, it, it says, It is interesting to contemplate an entangled bank, clothed with many plants of many kinds, with birds singing on the bushes, with various insects flitting about, and with worms crawling through the damp earth, and to reflect that these elaborately constructed forms so different from each other and dependent on each other in so complex a manner, have all been produced by laws acting around us. These laws, taken in the largest sense, being growth with reproduction, inheritance, which is almost implied by reproduction, variability from the indirect and direct action of external conditions of life, and from, well, I'm not going to read all this. The part, I'll just cut it off after. <laughs> the, like, beautiful imagery. That it, uh, but I think, I mean, this really sums up, like, the thesis of the show, too, like, so it's, I mean, obviously, origin on the origin of species is a huge influence, but it's crazy just to, like, see it so, like, succinctly and beautifully put. Yeah, I agree. And this made me think of, um, in the episode, Allison says, like, Sarah, you're the only one who's not fucked up. Like, she, 
she thinks yeah. that and I think that it's like they're becoming aware of the theme you know because mm-hmm. obviously we as an audience can see it more but I think they're starting to make the connections of like okay wait we're all the same and yet we're all so different you can see that coming out do you have any predictions what do you think is going to happen to Kira I don't think she's dead. Yeah. Um, I think she will be injured. Um, I think we're going to see a turning point in Helena. Um, and yeah, that's kind of all I have yeah. right now. She'll be feeling guilty after. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Her little angel. Yeah, that was sure that was sweet. When she was like, yes, angel. <laughs> uh, why do you think Helena has such a soft spot for children? Is it because she's a child Child herself? trauma. Yeah. Yeah, but I feel like it's it could go it could easily have gone the other way where she like mm-hmm. didn't fuck with children at all, but she has like a nurturing part of her personality which is at odds with the rest of what's going on with her. Um. Yeah, I think that's it. Here we go. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> yeah. Thirty-eight minutes. Thank you for listening, and thank you to Adam Kelly for our theme music and Megan Walker for our podcast cover art. You can email us at onmylistpod650 at gmail.com if you have any comments or questions. Tune in next week. Bye.